I like to have us think about something that has to do with just one word in one verse. As we uh, gather our thoughts and our zealousness toward prayer today, we're praying for uh, revival and gospel advance. And um, I was uh, at a business gathering this morning, a, a gathering of business leaders in our community, where I was asked to come and present Acorn Global Advance. And um, these are all Christians, very interested in missions, um, but they're they're all in business. Um, and this meeting today and a meeting I was in yesterday and a meeting, another meeting, I've got three meetings in my head um, in a very close proximity. I've been very aware of something that has been kind of intriguing um, to me, and that is that many of these people have known the Lord, maybe even as children or college students, and have wandered away from the Lord. They became rebellious or selfish or fleshly or worldly, however you want to describe it, um, sowed their wild oats. Um, they ended up walking away from the Lord and then ended up repenting. In coming back to him. And as they have come back to him, they have become zealous. <laughs> it's almost like I know the other side. That doesn't tempt me anymore. Um, all I want is Jesus to own me and control me, and I want the Holy Spirit to be my teacher. And I mean, I have met some of the most incredible, fervent, zealous people in the last two or three days that I have in a long time. And I don't know what God is doing, but it's been compelling. Um, even um, even this morning, um, and I, I, don't, I don't know how to even back into this one, except that um, I presented ACORN, and I specifically presented the corporate prayer focus of ACORN Global. And one of the men said, well, could we just pray corporately here today? There's a probably 19, I think there were 18 or 19 people in the room. Um, mix of ages, mix of, you know, male, female. It was just a bunch of business people. And, and, um, and so they asked if they read some scripture and then they asked if I would lead the prayer time. Now they didn't, all, they didn't pray. I just led in prayer and then, you know, they, they prayed with me, but, but um, there was such an engaging culture and atmosphere there. It was easy to pray. It was, it was one accord praying. And I, after I got in the car, I, I was just thinking, you know, that was just fascinating. These people, many of them, and I'm not just, I mean, many of them expressed to me and to others uh, the fact that they had been rebellious to God and had come back to him and just wanted their lives, their businesses, their families to be zealous for the Lord. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Wouldn't it be really cool? And maybe cool is not a spiritual word, but wouldn't that be we'd be compelling if churches were like this? You know, I got thinking this would be a new a neat church to belong to. You know, they were just they were just temperature hot for the Lord. And um, maybe there's some people, obviously there are, maybe there's some churches, obviously there are, that just need 
to come back to the Lord and to be a friend of the Lord. Um, and then I was reminded of something on a walk uh, that I was taking yesterday. I was listening to the scripture as I was walking, and I started listening to the book of Acts. And um, Acts chapter 1, and I'm just going to read, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you to turn to the book of Acts. But Acts chapter 1, I'm just going to read three verses and then call our attention to something that was, uh, that really, that really, this morning, even that God connected the dots in my heart on. And that is Acts chapter 1 says this The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So that's Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Um, just on a side note, I think it's interesting that Luke, the author of the book of Acts, the human author of Acts, um, describes that he's going to relay the things that Jesus began to do and teach. I thought that was an interesting way. It's not just the things that Jesus did or the things that Jesus taught, but the things that Jesus did and taught. And um, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday who's uh, well-known as... Um, as an expositional preacher, and um, he says, you know, sometimes I think we need to get back to not only just teaching, but the application of the teaching. Sometimes it's easy to emphasize the teaching itself and um, spend a lot of hours in the office preparing for Sunday's sermon, but never demonstrate the doing. So um, I, I appreciated that comment. Um, all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. But there's one word there, and it's actually a name, which is interesting to me, and that's the name Theophilus. The recipient, um, or the one to whom Luke was addressing, obviously was going to the early church. Um, but the word Theophilus, or the name Theophilus, means friend of God. It also means the one who loves God. So I can't read a whole lot into this or argue from silence, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering why Luke chose Theophilus. And there's probably reasons that I'm forgetting. But why was it that Luke um, uh, focused on one person with this name and um, that he was the friend of God? I'm wondering, and could it be? I don't know. We don't know. We know very little about Theophilus. Um, could it be that he had a history that Luke knew about? Maybe Theophilus wandered away from God and came back and was zealous for the Lord. And Luke knew that. And he wanted to emphasize, this is who we need to be. We need to be those who are zealous for the Lord, even if we have baggage in our lives. And there's probably people here on this call that have a lot of baggage. And maybe that spiritual or or occupational or livelihood baggage you think maybe would keep you from pursuing zealously the Lord. And it's ex exactly the opposite. 
God can bring you out of that or use that to his glory. We don't go into that for that purpose, but God can use that. Could it be that Theophilus just struggled somewhere along the line? He had a a life of struggle or maybe an incident of struggle, but through that struggle, he became a lover of God. He became a friend of God. Um, Maybe he was, obviously, he was a leader in the church, but Luke knew that highlighting him was beneficial to others being lovers of God. So um, I would just like to encourage us to be praying in this regard. Let's be praying for those who struggle. Let's be praying for those who maybe have um, difficulty right now or maybe have had a difficulty that uh, God would bring them to the point of greater love for him. a a zealous, restored, repentant love for him. Maybe maybe there would be one or two in a church that God would restore, and their friendship with God would be priceless and something that that, uh, just everything else pales compared to their relationship with God. Uh, A friend... Uh, I'm just thinking of, let's just say, even a, a marital relationship, uh, uh, the friend of a marriage. Let's let's think of uh, that relationship. Somebody who's, I mean, my wife is my friend, my best friend. I mean, this is, and I'm not trying to get into sappy stuff, but but uh, think of this. I mean, I like, I love spending time with my wife. I love listening to her. I love talking to her. I guard her. I guard our relationship. I would never want to do anything that would harm our relationship. Uh, I am a lover of Donna. I am a friend of Donna. And we we need to be friends of God. That's not something that we coerce and force. It's just something that as we know God, we love him. And as we see our sin as separating us from God, we come to him in salvation, and then we come to him in sanctification, and then we come to him in in um, in the in the discipleship relationship, and the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. We become lovers of God, and the accusation of the church in the Book of the Revelation is that they had lost their first love. Um, let's be praying that we would be and others would be lovers of God. Duncan Campbell, a historian. Um, revival historian used to say, revival is falling in love with Jesus all over again. Think of that. Think of that. Revival to a church. Having a church that's in love with Jesus <laughs> and can't help but talk about him and guards that relationship. That would be revival. Um, I think I've probably used this story a long time ago, but I think on this call, um, I read the story of, of a of a girl who who sat down on her, uh, and I don't know if it's true or not, it's just a a story. Um, girl sat down on her couch or her sofa, whatever your reference is, and um, started to read a book, and it was the most boring book in the world to her, and and uh, she just, all she could do is get away. She just, she took the book, and she closed it, didn't want to read it anymore, and she actually dropped it behind her uh, and on the so it it was lodged between the wall and the floor and the and the sofa, and uh, it was that way for a long time. And she 
she ended up meeting a guy and falling in love with a guy or meeting a guy. They ended up falling in love, but meeting a guy and became really compelled by him and intrigued with him and really liked being around him and in a group. And then finally she says, so, uh, so what do you do? He says, well, I'm an author. And she said, really, what, what have you written? And he named the book that she had dropped behind the sofa. And uh, the story is that she went home and moved the sofa out and dusted that book off. And she said, it's the best book I ever read. Well, what was the difference? The difference was her relationship with the author. And um, I think it would be very fitting for us to be praying extraordinary praying for extraordinary results. Duncan Campbell used to say that as well. And um, let's be praying that God would work in hearts to bring about friends of God, lovers of God, even church-wide love of God, city-wide love of God. I was reading that um, in the first great awakening, over 15% of the United States population came to Christ. Imagine that. Imagine 15% of your city come in Christ. Uh, Jonathan Edwards said preachers were hard-pressed to find unbelievers in their area. Um, friends of God, lovers of God. So let's go to prayer. But uh, I think it would be of great compelling interest to ask God to enhance our love for him, even to the point that people would say, those people have been with Jesus. Those people love Jesus. And may it be an encouragement to others to repent from sin, come out of lukewarmness, follow after Christ in large numbers. Revival. Let's pray for awakening of sinful souls to salvation in Christ, even as we love Jesus in front of them. Theophilus, lover of God.